The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. How do you like a busy Tuesday? We've got that answer for you in store here on this week's episode of the Eastern Cider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. I'm Alex Jewell. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. You know it, big fella. It is time for crossover season at its finest. No more time for gaming around. It is time for Mac basketball back at the Convocation Center. The women's team will get it rolling on Tuesday afternoon. The men's team gets it going at 6 o'clock in Bloomington. And then it's time for football. Catch your breath. Yes, Greg Steiner just gave you the schedule. And yes, that is accurate. A busy, busy, busy day of Eastern Michigan Athletics tomorrow and two home events that you can come out and catch. You're right, women's basketball, Greg, kicks it off with a noon tip against Youngstown State. This team coming up this year for Fred Castro is long, athletic, highly skilled. It should be a really fun start to the season at noon tomorrow. And then, of course, a little break in between there. You get men's basketball kicking off their 2021-22 slate in Bloomington. They take on the Hoosiers It's going to be a sold-out crowd from everything I've heard. Tom Helmer will be down there to bring you the action on WEMU and, of course, the Varsity app. And then, uh, of course, the nightcap, Greg, is another week of primetime football, national television, ESPN2. Ohio's in the building, a little infotainment coming your way, and a chance to go 7-3 and here at Eastern Michigan. That's something we have not said in a long, long time. Yeah, 1989, the last time Eastern Michigan was this deep in a season with six wins in the season, not be over. They've got a chance still uh, at a West Division title, thanks to Kent State's help last week. Uh, They can still have to continue to do their own due diligence by winning and hope that NIU loses a long way to get to the championship game still at Ford Field. But we know how Eagle Nation turned out in droves at the 2019 Quick Lane Bowl. And boy, oh boy, that would be a sweet sensation if we could do it again. It's going to be a tough one. You'll hear from Coach Creighton coming up in just a few minutes as he talks about kind of a really multitude of, of last week's game. It was a, a shootout. And how that matchup goes, when you're an offensive game planner, you see the other team score right away, how does it make you work? And also, just his thoughts inside the locker room. Let's just say you've seen the videos out there. You've seen uh, some things that we put out. There was a glass bowl at the glass bowl, and it was shattered. It was. If you haven't seen the video, it was awesome. I've got glass in our office right now to prove that it happened. I'm looking at it as we speak. And uh, let me tell you, Greg, you talk about having to to score when you're already down a touchdown. Well, what helps with that is when you have the best offense in the conference, you have the best third down conversion offense in the conference. You have uh, one of the top 20 offenses in the country. And that's what Eastern Michigan has right now. They're really rolling. And you mentioned turning out in droves for the quick lane bull a few years ago. Listen, A little bit of parenting advice for all of you out there that are listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, okay? I made it. I'm okay. 
And there was plenty of classes that I wasn't in growing up here and there. You missed class? You know, every once in a while for good reason. And I would think that this primetime action game is a great reason to pull your kids out of bed, bring them down to the factory, lift about $20 out of your purse and buy them some popcorn, and then let them miss the first half of school on Wednesday because really the best educational experience is watching Eastern Michigan tear it up against Ohio here at the factory. And if you don't agree, well, then sue me. Well, Alex Jewell might buy you the midnight buffet at Denny's if uh, the Eagles win as well, because we know he'll be celebrating and grand slams for all. Usually he only celebrates a grand slam when Eric Roof's team hits it, but he might do it for Chris Creighton. So a big game tomorrow night at the factory, 8 o'clock on ESPN2. Matt Shepard, Rob Rubick have the call uh, on WEMU, where you can watch it if you choose to do so on ESPN2, but we'd rather have you out at the stadium. It is $2 Tuesdays. You can get yourself $2 hot dogs and $2 select beverages of your choosing if you come out to the game. Those are not for the kids, though. Those are, Those not. are not for the kids. Those are a little um, stiffer competition yeah. that you will not be able to share with little Johnny. Uh, but, yeah, come out to the factory and enjoy but before that, back to what Alex said, it is basketball season. You've heard from the coaches each uh, last week, and they both have reasons to make you really excited. We saw the women's team struggle early on against Concordia the other day before uh, finding their offensive stride and cruising. They will get a Penguins clip that they lost to on the road just a, a few years back. And then you have also men's basketball 2-0 in the exhibition play, including beating an Oakland club, which the media and public around Metro Detroit swoon over. And, and Greg Campy's crew goes down to Stan Heath in an exhibition game. Yes, it's exhibition, but it, we haven't often said Eastern goes into the arena and pulls off a win. Well, exhibitions don't count for the record or for the stats, Greg, but the style of play certainly counts, and it's a great opportunity to get a read on what the team is going to look like. So for those reasons, I think you have to take that into consideration. Uh, a tough Oakland team that's usually in the top third of the Horizon League, Eastern Michigan takes care of business there. And then, yeah, a division, an NAIA matchup with Goshen here at the Convocation Center last Friday. But Eastern Michigan did everything you want to see in that game. Everybody played uh, well in certain aspects of the game. A lot of points being scored, improved defense, and really a, a start-to-finish dominating performance over the competition that was in front of them. So, no, they don't count towards regular season. Uh, tomorrow will tell us a lot with a with – a, matchup against the Big Ten team, who, by the way, also have has a lot of excitement. Another head coach that's making his debut yep, in Mike, Mike Woodson. Woodson, who's another alum of the school. So a lot of energy that's going to come out of that tomorrow for men's basketball, women's basketball as well. And then, Greg, uh, if you're not able to make it out tomorrow, we know that it's also important to tell you Friday is going to be another big-time day on campus here. Really, all weekend long, there's action, men's and women's basketball and volleyball at the Convocation Center. But Friday night at 6 o'clock is going to be a heck of a welcome home ceremony for Stan Heath. Yeah, you talked about it. Uh, Stan will coach his first game, regular season game, as uh, a home coach here in the Convocation Center. And you get a chance to take home a commemorative Stan Heath bar with a chance for a golden ticket inside. There are 10 golden tickets. There are a 1,000 candy bars that gives you a pretty good shot when you come out. You can learn, learn win anything from Adidas gear to dinner a with Stan. corporate gift pack to, yes, dinner with Stan 
And I'm sure you can have your own opinions about offense, defense over that dinner because <laughs> we all know everybody's got their own opinion. A lot of opinions, but a lot of great opportunity, not only for those big prizes, Greg, but you mentioned it, a thousand candy bars being given away, commemorative Heath bars for, of course, Stan Heath, a thousand plus commemorative game one tickets being given out for free, and then a lot of great entertainment. All of the entertainment you're used to inside the Convocation Center, the video boards are up and running, the music's pumping, and then some other fun things too. There's there's plenty of area for the kids, as you all know, with the uh, kids zone and, and different blow-ups. There's going to be a display of a lot of Eastern Michigan memorabilia from years past. A lot of alums will be in the house. Chris Creighton will be in the house. The entire football team will be in the house. So really, I don't know where it's better to be than Friday night for the energy. But first, a chance to get out here tomorrow to watch Eastern Michigan women's basketball. Eastern Michigan men's basketball, I've heard rumors may be on the big board inside Rynearson Stadium before, of course, the football team kicks off at 8 o'clock. Yeah, that's my responsibility to make that happen. Uh, before we get out of here, a couple of reminders for you. If you're listening and trying to find the game tomorrow, no women's broadcast, no women's video, but you're able to still follow along on live stats. EMU men's basketball you can catch at 6 o'clock on WEM. You can also catch it on emueagles.com, the Eastern Michigan Athletics app, as well as the Varsity Network app. We will have to cut away from coverage about 10 minutes till 8 when we join the football pregame show to get you set, and then we'll have full pregame coverage. So from 6 until midnight, WEMU will be your home for Eastern Athletics. Much like we are every week, you also have a chance to hear from the voice of the Eagles himself in our play-by-play minute that Alex catches up with with Tom Helmer for an extended chat about the upcoming basketball season. Yeah, after you hear from Coach Creighton, Greg, your conversation with him, I sat down with Tom Helmer. He's back for another year of play-by-play. Nobody knows the ins and outs of these teams better than he does. He spent a lot of time with both programs. We talk a lot about men's basketball in this interview and what he expects to see from the team this season and tomorrow night against the Hoosiers. All right, you've heard enough from us. It's time to get the people you care most about. Chris Creighton on the other side of the break as well as Alex's conversation with Tom here on the only place that discusses Eastern in-depth every week, the Eastern Insider Podcast. For 82 years, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across Michigan. By providing access to care however, wherever, and whenever they need it, Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Whether you're in the D or out to sea, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Eastern Michigan, after winning in the Glass Bowl for the first time since 1999, will return home to take on the Ohio Bobcats this week in another nationally televised affair. Eagles get the 8 p.m. game on ESPN2 back-to-back weeks. The program will be featured on national television with another opportunity the following week as we're joined by the head coach himself, Chris Creighton, as his Eagles victorious on the road against Toledo. A very special and celebratory locker room after a really exciting game the country got to watch. It was. It was a great locker room. So many people put so much time, so much belief, you know, into it and uh, there's a lot of a lot of years of pain too, you know, prior to it, um, and so uh, it was a fun, fun celebration. When you look back at games like that, and you're seeing big play after big play, is it sometimes frustrating to watch and see? Okay, we just had this big play, and all of a sudden uh, Toledo comes right back, 
or do you kind of get wrapped up and okay, let's have this, we can, we can duel this out? Um, that's a good question. I mean, there are times when as a defensive coordinator, if, if the offense is, you know, going three and out where you're going to wish that they weren't, you know, and as a, as the head coach or the offensive coordinator, you get them in third down situations or, you know, they just continuing to move the ball, you know, you, you want to get a stop. I mean, that's just obvious in human nature. But really, and this is the mindset of the team as well, defensively, um, you want the defense to believe in the offense. You want them to have their backs and all of that. But at the same time, you really can't put any stake into it. Whatever happens, you know, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. The defense has to go back out there and play, whether it's after three, you know what I mean? Whether you're up, whether you're down, whether it's after a three and out or after the fifth straight scoring drive. And offensively, it's the same. You know, you, you want the defense to do great. You believe in the defense. You know that they're going to make key stops. You're you're cheering them on, you know, all of those things. And at the same time, um, whatever happens, you know, really can't be relevant mm-hmm. to how you're going to uh, attack it. It's a good question. I think there's both things become factors, but the prevailing, you know, mindset is that you're going to get it done despite you know, what happens on the other side of the ball. One of the things that you and uh, and Brian Dooley, as I talked to him last week about it, said we have to be able to run the football well, and you were able to do that down the stretch. You think of the 32-yard touchdown scamper that Juwan was able to have a season long for him. Darius goes over 60 yards. Sampson able to do it. Running the football at those key moments, you were able to really do well. You know, I think in this game, it was – you know, some RPO, and then we probably threw the ball to set up the run. Um, I think most people, you know, you want to run to set up the pass. Um, We're that way sometimes. Um, I think this week, you know, we probably threw the ball um, more and had some success, which opened up our running game. Jose Ramirez defensively was the star that people look at, a couple sacks, but you see Mike Smith Jr. getting a sack, his first collegiate one, and defensively, a lot of pass breakups. They they took a step forward as a group collectively, too. Uh, our, you know, our D-line um, definitely got pressure, uh, and that's, you know, their, their quarterback is very elusive, uh, very good with his feet, and so your disruptive pass rush still has to have um, symmetry, balance, and and lanes, it, you know, it's not just a free for all because um, otherwise, you know, you can get gutted by him. But I, you know, I think it's, you said it well earlier. I mean, we just got some really critical key stops and uh, some takeaways uh, that you know allowed for our offense to have the ball on the plus side of the fifty, and that that probably was the difference in the game. Yeah, able to get the ball across midfield five or six times, able to to turn them away on six seven drives at one occasion, and really did a good job on that as the offense was productive. You also win the turnover battle once again. Uh, when you look at these national televised games, I know we all enjoy Saturday football at, at noon, but. Television makes the world go round. When you you play on nights like that, and your phone does it blow up when you finally look at it post game, and from all the people around the country who get to see you on national televised games, uh, thinking back to Wabash and Ottawa and all those years that you kind of played in obscurity. Uh, yes, is is the answer. Well, uh, and I'll tell you this, um, and I don't. It's probably true for for most people, but when you win, um, you know your phone blows up. And when you don't win, you don't hear from anybody. And that's okay. 
but <clears throat> the nationally televised games, you know, you do hear from people that you you care about, but just may not be in constant touch with, yep. and and you get a text or or something like that. And it, it is, it's really neat. One of the the differences this year in Mid American Conference play is the the challenges at home of with COVID and everybody changed budget. You're not traveling in advance, or you're not staying in a hotel for home games like you you used to. How does that change the team's routine sometimes? Well, it's a routine for us, you know, this year not to, and you know, our we were in a hotel and traveled early. Um, now, you know, the guys are sleeping in their own beds the night beforehand. They're used to that. Did that last year as well. So it's really been two years now. You know, I told I told our staff it was this, you know, during this time last year where I said, I've got a chance to be the best in America at one thing in terms of being a division one coach. And that is knowing how to not stay in a hotel the <laughs> night before a game. <laughs> I've got a lot of experience with that. So um and, uh, but yeah, I think we've handled it well. Eagles will put their November record on the line as you, if you take out the COVID season of last year when Eastern started in November, uh, your team has won 73% of its contests in the month of November. They are 11 and four the last really five plus years. You get a chance to put that up against a team that's been one of the best in the conference, and that's Ohio, but a different Ohio club than we've seen. Tibalt been coming in, having to make that quick change when Coach Solich retired right before the season. What have you seen out of Ohio? I honestly, I don't really see um, much different at all. And it's been a while since we've played them, but you still see them. Um, but their their staff is is still their staff. Um, the offensive coordinator and, and, and defensive coordinators. Um, and I think that's one of the impressive things about their program is their staff continuity, um, how long people have stayed there and worked together. And, and so I remember them saying early on, you know, that uh, it's going to be business as usual. And, um, you know, it, it appears that that is absolutely, you know, been the case. Um, and, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, they've lost more than they've won and that's different, but that that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, they're, they're very well coached. They're tough. I mean, when we played them and went sick in 16, we said, look, they are tough. They're disciplined. They're smart. All, all of those things that that's Ohio football. Right. And so if we're going to beat these guys, we're going to have to be smarter, tougher, more disciplined. Um, and, uh, you know, that's not, that's not any different, you know, I mean, they're, um, they're tough. They're smart. They're disciplined. They're talented. They're well coached and uh, and really close. And you know, last week they played their rival, a really good team, um, and uh, and beat them pretty good. And it, like for me, it not surprised by that. Um, you know, uh, they're probably just coming into their own. Team likes to run the football normally. Do you think that that will? Uh, they want to be balanced, much like you do, but they always have an aggressive running style. Yeah, they've they've always, I think, you know, started it with that, um, and I don't think that's any different now. You know, the two quarterbacks that they have, uh, you know, give them the luxury to be able to not only run the ball but run the ball with their quarterbacks. Both of the quarterbacks that they play are exceptional. Uh, running with the football, um, and and they they have and they continue to take you know great advantage of that. It'll be an 8 p.m. start. 
people will have to, to take a little nap before they get a game. But it'll be a busy, busy day uh, for Eastern Michigan Athletics. You get women's basketball that opens at noon at home. We get a little men's basketball at Indiana. We get to show at 6.30 on the video board as Stan Heath tries to get his first win. And then you come here for the factory at 8. Uh, a lot of excitement and uh, a fun time that should be coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, it, uh, it'll it'll be here quick. We've got lots of work to do before then. Um, but just got the announcement, you know, that'll be nationally televised again and, um, you know, great opportunity, you know, for our program uh, to try to get better. It'll be a $2 Tuesday. You can come out or feed the whole family for $2 hot dogs and beverages. So that's a reason right there to come. Let's go. And it'll be fun times. Coach, we appreciate your time as always. We look forward to catching up with you after Ohio. Sounds good. Thanks, Greg. Eastern Cider Podcast rolls on after this with Alex and I. It's time for some play-by-play perspective on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Let's send it to Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell with the voice of the Eagles, Tom Helmer. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider Podcast. Well, it's time for the first segment of the year with Tom Helmer. It's been a while since we've talked to him, but we're going to take you in for some play-by-play perspective as Eastern Michigan men's basketball gets their season underway tomorrow. You heard from Stan Heath and Fred Castro on last week's show, so now why not hear from the man who calls the games himself? (laughs) Tom, welcome back. I know you're excited, maybe more than anybody, for basketball season. I am excited, and I'm excited for this game. I'm excited for the atmosphere, and this is a great way to come out of a year ago with COVID restrictions where there were no fans in the stands. I remember opening the season a year ago at Michigan State in an empty arena. We had to call the game from above the first concourse because they didn't want us close to the court. Now we're going into a situation in Bloomington. There's going to be 17,222 on hand. It's the first time fans have been allowed back in Assembly Hall. You've got two programs with coaches that are alumni of their university. And so it's it's a town of NBA backgrounds. Both with NBA backgrounds. Um, Mike Woodson is a guy that uh, there's a great story with Bobby Knight and and Mike Woodson. In fact, Bob Knight's been around campus the last couple of weeks, but Bob Hamill wrote an autobiography. Bob Hamill's been a reporter down in uh, Indiana for decades. And when Michael Jordan was having his phenomenal rookie year, Bob Hamill got himself some press credentials and is going to go up to Indianapolis to watch the Bulls play against the Pacers. Bob Knight calls him that day and says, are you coming to practice? And he goes, no, Bob, I'm going to go up to Indianapolis. Michael's playing. And he said there was a long pause. And then Knight said, pick me up at five o'clock. I'll cut practice short, which Bob Knight never does. So they get in the car and Bob Hamill and Bob Knight are driving towards the Bloomington city line. And Hamill realizes as Knight starts talking, he thinks they're going to see Michael Woodson, (laughs) not Michael Jordan, because Woodson had been drafted by the Knicks and was playing in the NBA. And now Hamill's driving with Bob Knight in the car who cut practice short for this (laughs) and realizes, oh, no, I got to come clean. So he tells night. Actually, we're going to see Michael Jordan, not Michael Woodson. And he said there's this long pause in the car as he keeps driving. Bob Knight is searching for a folding chair in the back. (laughs) He wants to throw it. And Bob Knight goes, all right, I'll go and I'll enjoy it. I like Jordan. But just know in the state of Indiana, Michael is Michael Woodson. Wow. And will forever be. So that's how important Mike Woodson is to the program and why they have all that hype. Equally excited on the Eastern Michigan side, fans should be excited for Stan Heath, who played here obviously in the late 80s, has had a chance to return home, um, and has built, I think, a really great team out of the gate. He's got nine new players. He's got six really good returners that return 70% of their scoring. Um, 
It's two programs that are absolutely headed in the right direction. And this will be a nice collision, I think especially for Stan Heath, who was knocked out of the NCAA tournament in 2002 by Indiana. So, And that was for an, uh, a trip to the Final Four. That would have been a trip to the Final Four. And that Kent State team that Stan Heath had, that would have been the first 10 seed to ever make it to the Final Four. They lose to Indiana. Indiana goes on to play in the national championship game and lost to Maryland that year. Um, but a great run. And I, I've asked Stan Heath about that one year he was the head coach at Kent State. And I said, boy, you went 30-6. and six. Like, <laughs> what was the magic sauce? He goes, I inherited a great team. And then we added Antonio Gates. So they were loaded for bear that year. Um, and did you ask him how long it's going to take to get to 30 wins here? I, you know what? He's, <laughs> he, he talked about it in his in his opening press conference that postseason and March, that should be a regular thing around Ypsilanti. So well, will he do it in year one? It, it might be a stretch, but he expects postseasons to be the norm around here. And I have no reason to doubt that Stan Heath can't get Ypsilanti at Eastern Michigan to that level. Well, you talked about, obviously, the new look roster. That's the best way yeah. to put it. Nine new players on the team. There are a couple of returners, though, yep. that uh, have been important. Darion Spotsville, Bryce McBride, uh, Axel Okongo certainly will play a bigger role this year than maybe he had. What's it about the returning group that you've seen uh, on your charts and as you've studied as Eastern Michigan gets ready to take on Indiana tomorrow night that you like out of the group that was uh, has been a part of Eastern Michigan? And if it's not even so much the play, which obviously that's part of it, how how important is it, is it to have a few of those holdover guys that know the program, right. know the university, where nine players don't? Well, it's first of all, it's a new system, right? So everybody's learning a new system. The 2-3 zone defensively is gone. You're going to see some man-to-man. You're going to see some more NBA-style defense. You're going to see a quick-strike offense. You talk about returning players. You mentioned Axel Okongo. He's a guy that wasn't really healthy last year. He had one start. And if I remember correctly, it was the final game of the season against Western Michigan where they finally used him. So when you don't have a 7 footer in there, it makes a huge difference, especially the style of basketball they were playing a year ago. So having Axel Okongo back and healthy and that seven foot frame down in the key is going to be monster for him. Bryce McBride, remember he had 15 starts last year. He played in 18 games, but he was the second leading scorer on the team a year ago, averaging just over 13 points a game. So he's huge to have back. Spotsville, Big as well. Played in 17 games. Started. Benelli. A healthy Benelli. And we didn't even talk about Thomas Benelli, but you think that if he is hot, he might be the most dangerous shooter around. He can change a game in a heartbeat. He's like Vinnie Johnson, the microwave. Like when he heats up, you got to step praise. back. Well, I mean, think about last year. He had back issues. He was not healthy last year. He didn't play a year ago. I went and watched him play in the exhibition against Goshen last Friday, and I saw a guy on the court playing with a lot of joy. In fact, there was one point defensively, he was off his guy a little bit. The guy went to take a three. Benelli runs towards him and goes, boop, and tried to tickle the guy on the shot. You know, it was kind of after the shot. But he was just having a good time out there. Two straight trips up the court. He buries a couple long-range jumpers. He's a guy that when he heats up, it changes thing, things defensively for the opponents because now you've got to adjust for Benelli. Now that might open up things for Okongo. It opens up things for other guys on the floor. So this is going to be a real fun team to watch, and the returners are going to be a huge part of it. We're talking with Tom Helmer, the WEMU play-by-play voice of Eastern Michigan men's and women's basketball. You can hear his call of the game at Indiana as men's basketball opens the season, opens the Stan Heath era tomorrow night at Assembly Hall. That game tips off at 6 p.m. A rare football-basketball doubleheader. So spend your night on the radio dial if you're not watching on either Big Ten Network, of course, our 
our football game on ESPN2 tomorrow night. We've talked a little bit about just what it means to be back, a little bit about some of the returning players, but there's also fresh faces on this team. Nine of them, you don't you rarely see Nine new bodies. New bodies in droves like that, but Stan Heath and the company have really gone out and had to secure some new players, uh, a large mix of transfers, obviously. Tom, who are a couple guys that you have never said their name on air, but you expect to be saying him tomorrow? Colin Golson Jr. is one of them. I love the way this guy plays. He's a Detroit, Michigan native. He transferred from Siena College, where he averaged just over five points and three rebounds a game. He's going to be a guy that's going to be an impactful guy for Eastern Michigan. Uh, I love Nate Scott, and I love his ties to the university. Now, he, he had grown up in Michigan, went to high school in Naperville, ended up going to NIU, transferred over. His dad, Lewis, was in the stands Friday night. I talked to him. His dad played for Eastern Michigan from 83 to 87 and had over a thousand career points for Eastern Michigan. So he's all excited. His grandmother was there too. And they were yelling his name and nicknames and stuff. And I said, what do you want me to call him on the air Tuesday night in Bloomington? Nate or Nathan? And his dad said, you can call him either. Don't call him Nader like grandma's calling him because she's, come on, Nader. She was she was screaming. At one point, I turned around. She goes, oops, I'm sorry. Am I too loud? I go, we've been waiting for over a year for this kind of noise. Like, bring it. So, And and his dad will be driving down with a group of guys to Bloomington. They, they fortunately were able to get tickets. As I said, that's a tough ticket to get into in this opener. And it's the 50th anniversary of Assembly Hall. So, they're kind of having this year-long birthday celebration for the arena. So it's going to be a great environment. Man, it's nice to say, though, that it's a tough ticket to get, right? I mean, right. we just haven't had it. It hasn't been a part of us for the last year. So it's been, I know it's been electric at football. It's certainly been great. Um, even at the exhibition game, there just seemed to be energy at home. And I want to talk about that because this team structuring their schedule a little bit differently than maybe right. Eastern Michigan fans are used to in the past. A lot of the games against the Division II lower-level opponents are now truly exhibitions. Yeah. Do not count towards the record. Do not count towards the stats. Eastern Michigan took care of Goshen last Friday, 94 to 66. They also played, though, Oakland in a charity exhibition, and that was a big win, too, on the road, 74-69. We know Oakland is always in that top mix in the Horizon League. How much do you take out of exhibition games, and do you take more out of a game against a team like Oakland, but also uh, against Goshen? I mean, there's got to be something to, hey, obviously you expect to beat a lower-level NAIA team, but... There was no struggle. It was a 30-point win. I mean, how much do you read into that as, as a broadcaster as you're trying to read this team? Well, Alex, in that sense, that's the good point. They played Goshen, a team they should dominate on the court, and they absolutely did. The Oakland game, they win a tough one against Oakland. And then the nice thing with that is there's some people like, why don't these two play every year? These are two good mid-major programs that are going to be really good. They should be going head-to-head more often. The nice thing is for this team is they get out, they get one on the road at Oakland, they get one at home, they get a chance to play together. We've talked about the new new faces, meshing with the old. It's always better when you can play against different colored jerseys. Um, I love the start they had in the two exhibition games. Now you play for real. I love the way Stan Heath has set up this schedule. He's not trying to set up a non-conference schedule where you can just plow through it, up your record, and then move into MAC play. He wants to be challenged. So you go to Indiana. Uh, In a week or so, you go to Sparty. You're playing against Michigan State. You're going to play at DePaul Thanksgiving weekend. You're going to go to Northern Kentucky. You have a lot of good schools, home and away, that are really going to challenge your team and test your mettle before you get into MAC play. If if you don't pay attention, the MAC is a great basketball conference. And it's as strong this year as it was a year ago. 
So you got to be ready to go out of the gate once that Mac calendar rolls around. And I think the schedule sets up perfect for it. Do I expect Eastern to go in and, and steal one in Bloomington? Probably not. I'm hoping for it. You know, why not catch them off guard in that first one? I mean, why not us? So it's a great schedule. Uh, I'm looking forward to the season and, and I'm looking forward to them to be in Cleveland at the end. And who knows how far this team can go. Let's take basketball off the table completely. Nothing to do with basketball okay. on the court. What is the single most thing from your perspective and your interaction so far that fans should be excited about as it pertains to having Stan Heath lead this program? Alex, you should be excited about the old guard returning. You have Stan Heath, who played at Eastern Michigan, who met his wife on campus. They are thrilled to be back in Ypsilanti. You got Ben Braun kind of hanging around in the conversation, was involved in the hiring process. You have the Iceman, George Gervin around who may be at some games this season. You have a lot of alumni that are coming back that have played basketball here that are kind of uplifting the program and telling these new guys, hey, this is the way we used to ball in Ypsilanti. We expect to return to that type of greatness. I mean, wouldn't it be great to be back to the days of the NCAA tournament, knocking off Duke, teams like Wisconsin coming in here and beating them in your own gym? That's kind of the expectation Stan Heath has of himself into this program, and he feels like he's in the perfect spot. This is a guy that 20 years ago wanted this job, didn't get it, and has been thinking about it for two decades. And now he's ready to make his mark on Eastern Michigan basketball. There's nothing not to be excited about. You know, when, when he does his opening press conference, and one of the first things he says is, we're going to get that tarp off the second deck. We're going to start packing the convocation center. We're going to play exciting basketball. Like, this is going to be something that's important to us, and we're going to make it big for this university. There's no reason to not be excited. There's plenty of room on the bandwagon right now, so get on <laughs> now. Get a really good seat, because as the season goes on and word gets out, I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Well, Tom, as you so often do, you've got me fired up, ready to go. Why wouldn't you be excited, Alex? I'll tell you what, between your call tomorrow night at Indiana, yeah. primetime Eastern Michigan football on ESPN2 yeah. with a chance to go 7-3. and three. Uh, For those that know me, I may have a heart attack tomorrow just out of pure excitement. I, I don't want to, but man, it's going to be a good day on campus, and it's going to be a good broadcast on WEMU when Tom Helmer is on the call Tomorrow night, Assembly Hall, 6 p.m. He'll be on there 10 minutes before tip-off to get you set for Eastern Michigan men's basketball as they open their season in the Stan Heath era at Indiana University. And then you can see Tom and all of us in person on Friday. The team yes. come home, comes home for Stan's first home game against Illinois State. Download, download the Varsity Network yes. app because... Of the of time issues, we will tip off in Bloomington at six, but around 745, 750, we're gonna kick it back to Ypsilanti so we can get you set for the football game against Ohio. But you can hear the continuation of that basketball game online on the varsity network app. That's right. So listen in to Tom tomorrow night, whether you're doing it on the varsity app or WEMU. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing Tom, of course, on Friday for the first home game. I heard. Thousand Heath bars being given away, oh, awesome? commemorative tickets being given away, awesome displays in the in the atrium. It's gonna be great to see people back at the convocation. You center. can win a chance for you and someone to have dinner with Stan Heath in the arena. It's unbelievable. It's a Tom, it, it's something Tom Helmer though gets to do on every road trip. So Tom, <laughs> we wish you safe travels down to Bloomington. We'll see you uh, again at the end of this week. You got it. There he is, Tom Helmer. WEMU play-by-play voice of Eastern Michigan basketball. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, the only show 
that brings you all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.